color are the eggs? You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, reviews, technology, associated products, and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Blimey, I'm away for a week, week and a bit, well maybe two weeks, and I've lost my intro. Cheers for that, Simon. Hello, everyone. I'm back. Thank you to Simon and the guests for filling in for me for the last couple of weeks. I've, uh, for once in my life, I've been taking something seriously and I've been training. And what, uh, whenever I say, oh, I'm going out for a quick bike ride, I end up going out for a few hours and missing the show and coming back in no state to do it. But to be fair, the other week, we just had so many problems. I just went, Simon take the reins. So thank you very much, Simon, and our guests from the Slack chat room for coming on. As Simon said, this is the Essential Apple Show, a show that we're going to talk about the last seven to ten days in the world of Apple news, reviews, rumours, roundup and gossip and anything else that comes our way. And this week, we have three people on the show, myself, Simon and two guests. So we have with us this week, Keith Baker, author of the long shot series of historical fiction novels set in the American Civil War. And we also have Monica Hines, the artist. But first, Keith, how are you, good sir? Where, what is happening in your world that's led you to be on this show today? What is happening in my world? Well, I've been an Apple user for a long time. And because of that, I met your co-host, Simon, some 14, 13, 14 years ago online at a little uh, site called Geek Culture, and uh, we kind of hit it off, and uh, he has helped me technically a number of times. That was some years back. Uh, What I'm doing now is, as you mentioned, I write books. Monica, the artist, is also uh, the technical assistant, personal assistant, and uh, helps me with the publishing industry things that require technical input. I'm not all that much of a technical guy, but uh, that's why I'm here. Excellent. And we, as you've just mentioned, we've got Monica, and I'm going to try and say the last name probably, is it Haynes? Haynes, yeah, Is that right? that's right. You got it correct. If I was any sort of professional, I would have asked you this before I started doing it on the show. Uh, as Keith said, you're the, um, well, you do all the hard work, really. I do, I do. But, you know, I anything to do with books, I am so excited to be a part of. And so I feel lucky. I get to work with, I work with a few authors and assist them with their day-to-day needs. And and I also own a company called The Thatchery. And um, I use that company to work with authors on designing their book cover as well as websites. So I can have my hands everywhere in the publishing industry. And you were having a brief conversation before we started about Amazon Prime and about how uh, how are you going to manipulate your sales to make the most of it? Yeah. Uh, which I'll probably talk to you after the show, actually, because I'm, I'm interested in that as well. Um, and also, we'll come back to you both in a second. But of course, I've got to say thank you to Simon, who finally has his microphone sorted out. And we're only 16 minutes late recording, which is a new personal best. How are you doing, Simon? I'm um, not too bad. Not too bad, Mark. Yes, it was a 
a strange week. Uh, I'll tell you all about the uh, beta that bit me back uh, in a while. But uh, today we've had the magic microphone, which apparently sounded like it was in a wind tunnel. And uh, I unplugged it, went in search of another one, which was worse. Uh, plugged this one back in and now apparently it's fine. It's so, absolutely there you go. spot on. Um, the gods of IT. Yes. If it, fa- if it fails, unplug it, plug it back in. Before we get on with the, the actual meat of the show itself, uh, I'm just going to ask our guests, um, Keith, what got you started in the world of Apple? You've had a, well, it's fair to say you've been a bit of a, a long-term fan of the Apple stuff for a while. Yeah, I was uh, one of the first 50,000, Mark. In 1984, I bought my first... Mac. It was not even a fat Mac. It was the 128K. And I got a uh, an external disk drive along with that and a uh, image writer printer. I don't know how many will remember all those things back from 1984. But those three things, those three things cost $5,000. And that was way back then. So That was way back then. Yeah. It was more like 10000 today. So. I was going to say, I'd, I'd, I'd guess, uh, what do they reckon? Double it every decade. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're maybe, looking at even more. So, 15. Yeah. So, <laughs> 15 grand. Yeah. So, what made you, what, what was the inspiration behind going for Apple stuff when you could have had, I guess there were PC, yeah, there would have been PC clones around about there. Why did you decide to go with the, the Apple way? Well, in the, um, Work uh, the company that I worked for at the time provided me with a uh, an IBM or an IBM clone and the typical DOS system at that time. That was before Windows really was doing anything. You know, that Windows came about because of the Macintosh. And uh, I just so hated looking at that green s- screen with the little flashing cursor and everything had to be in DOS speak. You know. Um, that when I walked into the Apple store, I actually I was looking, I, I was thinking to buy an Apple II, an Apple IIe or whatever it was at the time. And they had just put these Macintoshes out. This was in January or February. I didn't buy it right away. It took me a couple months to put it together. But I saw that and I said, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with this antiquated dinosaur <laughs> stuff. I'm dinosaur enough. So I put my name on the list. And when uh, they had one for me, they called me and by then I had the money. So from 1984 for a couple of years, I mean, there, there wasn't really much of an upgrade other than I did buy the fat Mac motherboard swap when that became available. Uh, so a wonderful tool for a lot of things. I have to admit that I spent way too much time playing silly games like Zork and uh, stuff, but not that any of that's bad. <laughs> At least you're. Uh, at least if you're using it, you're going to be getting a um, good. Uh, what's it? Time per buck spent. So yep. moving on, then slightly. Obviously, you've been with Apple for a good few years. In your opinion, what would you say has been the biggest, the biggest jump, or the thing that's impressed you the most for throughout your time of having Apple stuff? Is it the iPhone, for example? Is it the way that the technology is just? kept going and going what's been the what's been the main bit of kit that's made you go wow in all the times that you've been with apple stuff oh that's an interesting question mark Uh, let me put it like this my my impressive response my impression of a response to that would be that um no matter how much it's expanded no matter who the software writers and publishers are they've managed to keep it an intuitive platform you know, everything is visually 
or icon uh, driven as far as as far as the user workspace I'm talking about, not the behind the scenes technical stuff. It's so simple that anybody can. I mean, even I can use it. How's that? What a brilliant answer. What an answer. Because we, we were talking before the show started that one of the things you said that you liked about Apple stuff was the fact that, uh, well, you were saying along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, that someone of a limited technical nature like yourself can just pick yep. it up and use it. And I th- yes, in fact, I, uh, I'm a bit of a salesman myself, and I've convinced a number of people over the years to uh, try the Macintosh. You know, they were afraid because of the cost. And for whatever reason, the public then and even the public now, to some extent, a lesser degree, a much lesser degree, has the idea that Apple products, Apple devices are difficult to use and nothing could be further from the truth. I've had exactly this same uh, thing in work this last week. One of our developers is a out and Windows guy. We'll not look at a Mac. No way. No sir. No siree, Bob. And he, um, we had to do a website, basically like a little, little internal internet, and basically there's like a picture of a map, there's text on the left, and you click on the text, and it takes you to another slide where it plays a video. Now, you could have done all this in HTML and designed the website, but I said, this is on the Mac, why don't you just use Pages, sorry, uh, Keynote, and give it a go? And you should have seen the hatred, the absolute, <laughs> why, 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 where, where's the menu? It's always at the top. Well, that's stupid. What, why, why hasn't every window got a menu? Because I said, it, it doesn't need to be. Oh, well, why are the close buttons, the maximize buttons on the wrong side? Well, if your menu's on the top left, it sort of makes sense to have the other buttons on there. So you're not going from one side of the screen to the other. And slowly but surely, and I don't, he won't admit it, but slowly and surely he was starting to get the point of it. Just unfortunately, he was on, uh, what's it, not leopard, uh, tiger, mountain lion, I think it was, which isn't bad, a little bit, a little bit creaky, but you could see that in a way it was just such a blank canvas to be able to do what you want to do. You could just see this. It was great to see someone of their opinions change. And he started week one hating it, and next week, oh, yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, not bad. You know, I find for somebody like myself, there is, I, I have had that same experience, except it's never face to face. I live in a remote, semi remote mountainous area. I, uh, the nearest town is uh, about 2,000 people, and it's, uh, we live a few miles out of town, let's put it like that. And it sounds like the sort of place Ron Swanson would live. (laughs) Well, when I talk to these people and I talk them into things, they're usually people I've known from former stages of my life when I lived in the Chicago area. But then the problem, the downside to that is because I'm the one that talked them into it. When they're having a problem or a misunderstanding, guess who they call for advice? Oh, yes. And so it's sort of like you're calling the wrong guy. Call Apple, go to a store, go to, you know, leave me alone. And yet, I'm often able to muddle through. Uh, you know, your, your talk about you're mentioning, you know, the menus always present at the upper left and things like that. And, and you know, I try to explain to these people, I don't know why you want to beat yourself up so bad. You really want to have to learn all that much just to be able to, to use a a computer, a word processor, a, a database process. You know, I mean, this should be really simple stuff. And on the Macintosh, it is. 
I have been making strides. I've I've tried to ditch Word because I'm spending like $7 a month on Word every month and I never use it on the Mac. So I've been trying to go over to numbers and pages. And it's just that battle against things being so ingrained. Um, it's like I can see pages being an absolutely brilliant tool, but if sort of for a non-designery sort of person, it's a little bit intimidating, which which would lead me nicely into talking to Monica. Thank you for coming on the show. You're a, a designery type. Do you use any of the Apple stock apps at all? Or are you all Photoshop, Pixelmator, or you know, what are some of the tools that you use on a Mac for your day-to-day? Well, I, I do use Photoshop and Illustrator. Um, I think they're just kind of a go-to must-have for designers. And um, those that's what I use for the desi- designing book covers and for banners for websites. For websites, I work exclusively through Squarespace. Um, I think they have a really great platform. But, of course, I do all of that on my Macs, which I couldn't live without. Uh, I had a pretty expensive, well, to me expensive, laptop that I got, spent a couple thousand dollars on it. It it wasn't Apple. I think it was HP. And it it just went kaput after a couple of years. And I lost everything on it, including all the baby pictures of my second child. Um, Still haven't been able to get them back to this day. And it was at that point I decided I needed something reliable. And so I went back to Mac and I decided to spend the extra money and, and got those. And of course, just to be safe, I have two external hard drives. I have a cloud backup. And of course, I used a time machine. So I've got myself covered. Not going to happen again. <laughs> and uh, backups. Yeah, that reminds me. Must start looking at that before I start delving into betas. So, so you're obviously... So you what actually, have I told you, Mark? Yeah. What have I told well, you? I'm surprised that you're there are here. Those who have lost, eh? There are those who have lost data and those who are going to lose data. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. surprised that you're actually here, Simon. I mean, there's a beta out and your machine's actually still working. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what I'll tell you about that in a bit. So, Monica, you're the so you work with Keith doing all of his stuff, and how do you sort of because you're obviously you're in different parts of the country. Just tell us a little bit how you to sort of organise things, how you communicate. So, if Keith has an idea, how does he get that to you? How do you get it back? What's the the processes behind the way that you two work? One being the artist, one being the author. We primarily communicate through our Gmail accounts, or in his case, Yahoo, which I'm trying to get him off of. Hint, hint. Um, well, you got, you got no choice soon because they're closing Yahoo down, aren't they? I know. I told him. And he just he is just a gun-ho. He will love Yahoo until they go into the ground. I don't know. He just will not switch. <laughs> but outside of that, we also communicate through uh, Facebook Messenger a lot. Um because it's live, I have the app on my phone, and so if I'm out and about and he needs me, he can contact me immediately, and I can I can talk with him. So that covers the the general chat. What about when you're working together? What tools do you use for that? Is it is it just Google Docs, or have you have you tried any other tools, or has it been a case of, oh, you know what, we've tried Google Docs, it's good enough, that's where we're going to stick? I've been using Google Docs with him. I have everything. I'm saved on the Google Drive and I share documents with him, like with all of our passwords or um, our spend spending 
just whatever information I think he needs. But we've talked about maybe switching over to Quip, which we were introduced to from your team. Um, it seemed fairly intuitive. And so we're, we're looking at other options right now. Quip is... It's good. It's got some foibles. Uh, one of the worst ones I've found so far is that if you're well, if you're in the UK and you're working on a spreadsheet, uh, you can't use the Apple keyboard if you're on the iPad. And plus, only supports the American currency, which is a okay. bit of a downer for, for us over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something yeah. that you're actually aware of. Um, let's just spin back a little bit then. So tell us about the hardware that you've got. You've said you've got a... a you mentioned word Max as in plural. So just tell us, what if, what sort of gear have you got? I have a MacBook Pro, and I have that set up next to my iMac. I use my iMac for all of my design work and everything else I do on my MacBook Pro. I have to do a lot of um, searching for um, stock images to use on my book covers. And it's just easier for me to do that on something other than where I'm doing the design work. So I don't have to minimize windows and everything can be pulled up. It's easy for me to see. Um, Also, when I have spreadsheets pulled up and um, I need to pull up our Kindle direct publishing portal to check our book sales. It's just, I like to spread out. I like a big desk. I like big screens. I want to be able to see everything that I'm doing and that makes it possible really ideally i would like to have another huge screen but i'll have to wait i was gonna say every, everything big sounds very very texan and i can't and i'm just panicking now so i can't remember if tennessee is actually in texas no the, we're barely we're, we're you know driving distance to texas so and we're both in the south yeah but when you say driving distance do you mean driving distance as is it's like a couple of thousand miles you could take a plane or is it actual proper uh driving distance i I could drive we actually drove to austin um a year or two ago i think it was seven or eight hours so yeah it's totally drivable blimey seven eight hours i i get enraged my commute to work is 26 to 27 minutes if it goes over (laughs) that i hit i hit pure road rage (laughs) give it give it one or two minutes either side any more than 26 to 27 minutes oh that's it it's like Get home. <laughs> Just leave me alone. I need to calm down. I mean, yeah, seven, seven to eight hours, Mark. There's that's and I love the, the way distance th- between you and me, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Take it from me. I can. I mean, I live. I live in Suffolk, on the far east of the country, and Mark is in Pembrokeshire, in the far west of Wales. It's um, it's like if you take the two fattest points of the UK and Wales and draw a line. You, uh-huh. you you couldn't be any further away. I'm literally if you ever come to if you ever come to our fair isle, you go through London where the Queen lives, you keep going to Cardiff where the Queen doesn't live, but they still ask you that in Cardiff, does the Queen ever come here? Keep going for about another two and a half hours, hit the sea, turn right, and you'll see my little house. <laughs> I wish. Well, I let me write that down. Yeah, yeah. yeah get, get those directions, Keith. Go to the <laughs> end of the world, and just when you've seen the owl in the tree next to the barking dog in the creaky gate, take a right, and there I am. That's your place there? The, the only thing that's missing <laughs> no, is someone playing no. the banjo. Last time I was there, I was wondering if that was you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still got all my teeth, which sets me apart. I'm an outsider. Uh, speaking of driving, well, you know, you got some of Monica's uh, equipment 
Tell them about the rest, Monica. What else have you got? Oh, well, I'm, that's my equipment. But you didn't, course, mention, I, you didn't mention the phone or the iPad. No, I do have an iPhone, and I have an iPad, and I do have the Apple Airport. Um, we have a, an Internet service provider that had really bad equipment, so we had to bring in our own, and that made all the difference, especially since we just cut our cable today. No more cable. We are streaming. Ooh. and. The airport, I think, made it possible. So wow. is it that much cheaper for you to have cut the cable and do you find that oh you're... I'm going to save $100 a month. Yes. Whoa. And you're not yeah. going to miss any channels. You're not going to... Well, you're not going to miss the start of Game of Thrones, are you? <laughs> well, you know, we subscribe to DirecTV now. We're trying that out. And it's $35 a month. And pretty much the channels that I like are available to stream live on that app and so between that and amazon prime i am covered very much looking forward to amazon prime coming to apple tv uh, especially if, if, i don't know if any of you lots we're going completely off topic here but hey ho have you uh, have you seen american gods have i seen american no i have not yeah that that's another binge watcher so if okay, that's, <laughs> it, that's, <laughs> I think that's to my list right now because i'm going to start binge watching tv now that i can <laughs> and especially now with the Amazon, uh, what is it, Amazon Prime Day coming up on the 11th, which by the time this show goes out, everyone would have probably missed it. Uh, you can get yourself an Amazon Fire TV stick and plug time. Don't forget, folks, we have an Amazon affiliate link. So whatever you buy from Amazon, if you click our link, we'll get a very, very small amount of commission that will go to buying Simon a microphone. Just, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> So uh, very quickly then, Monica, how... Oh, how uh, uh, hang on, my turn to get one back. Or, of course, mark a replacement stand for his microphone as yours is held together with a bit of tape and an elastic band. If, <laughs> it's actually, I've had to place it in such a way that gravity is actually the only thing that's stopping the microphone from coming off. <laughs> this is what this is what bedroom uh, podcasting is all about folks making it up as you go along um, <laughs> before we get into the main show there is a little bit of a topic the uh the tesla model 3 is coming out if, if has anyone seen that or is anyone even remotely interested i have not seen it no nope, i haven't seen it no, haven't i'm seen about it. i'm about twenty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars short <sighs> yeah. moving on then uh, right, so we're, we're going through a few stories then, uh, and this, funnily enough, well, Monica led into this quite nicely, that here in the UK, the UK mobile provider 3 will allow you to binge watch Netflix again on your mobile phone using your data connection, and it won't count against your allowance. So providing you've got a phone, well, most phones are capable of streaming, uh, streaming Netflix these days, it's a zero <laughs> rating scheme in the UK. Because if you want to binge watch Netflix, TV player, listen to Deezer or SoundCloud, you can do, and it won't count against your data allowance. Now, this is brilliant for me because when, I, when I'm in work and people have gone for lunch, I fire it up and I will watch hours and hours uh, over it. And now it won't count against your connection. So that's great. Now, T... Um, T-Mobile, I think, do something similar. What uh, mobile package are you on over there? Who's your provider over there, Monica? I have Verizon, but I will tell you, I'm, I'm thinking about switching because DirecTV now has that same setup with AT&T. 
unlimited. It doesn't count against your data if you stream with AT&T. It's basically just a question of what customer service do you feel like you can endure the worst of? Yeah, I agree. And what about you there, Keith, over in the, the Great White North? Um, who who provides the string for the two cups in, to two cans that power Canada's internet backbone? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we're in kind of a no man's land. Everybody wants our business and nobody wants our business because they can't charge enough to make it worthwhile. There's so few people to... Uh, to subscribe. And yet we get offers all the time for all kinds of things. So I I have kept it very, very, very simple. Uh, Let me back up just one second. I had an iPhone 6, wonderful device, terrific, no problems with it other than the one that I got so addicted to checking messages and looking at stuff. I was wasting my life. So I sold that and went back to a flip phone. And, and you know, no matter how hard I try, I can't get TV shows on it. Yeah. No matter how hard you try. You, but so now you find a new way to waste time of trying to get it to do things that it can't. I'm thinking of going into podcasting. <laughs> well don't worry you'll, you'll have no that's competition from way. us believe that's me that's a very good way to waste a lot of time is it oh, oh yes yeah. the the countless yeah, hours of to waste trying to get a sound board working hours achieving nothing <laughs> can i buy a lot of equipment and add-ons uh, y- yes <laughs> you you can spend all oh, well a microphone can be poor about 150 dollars a mixer but it's about another 150 dollars uh, good set of headphones, uh, probably about another $150, which is pretty much more than the entire budget of everything in this room. <laughs> you can actually get there's um there is actually a new app out there called Anchor, I believe it is, which is a sort of rival to my old podcasting host opinion. And quite literally, if you've got an iPhone and you've got a, a microphone you can plug into it, you can do a podcast, publish it on iTunes, get the show notes up all from your iPhone. And it and it works quite well. I mean, it's led me to this state where we've got people on the on a show. So if you do want to get into it, it's just a very quick app. You don't have to worry about paying for additional hosting. Uh, you get some stats. You get a little website as well. So you can pe- drop people towards a website as well. Uh, and yeah, it's really, really simple. Like I said, that's how I got started. I think Monica might just jump right in on that. She's such a techie anyhow. She likes yeah, yeah. Well, I'll set that up for you, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Anyhow, I, I have, um, for my television viewing, I have a little device called a Roku box, a little tiny thing, plugged into my very old tele set. And um, between that and my $7.99 per month payment to Netflix, I get all the television I ever want. I don't. We only watch about an hour a night, and we only watch about four or five nights a week. Uh, cause there's so much else to do living where we do. So <clears throat> I'm not big on all of that stuff. I, I don't use it much. My, uh, my internet connection comes through and, and actually my ISP is my telephone, my wired telephone landline provider and that whole package, everything, television, internet, all of it, um, two telephones, runs about a hundred dollars a month total. So it's not a lot of money and there's no limitations because I don't use any data on the telephone anymore. I never really did when I had the uh, iPhone. It was just kind of a waste. Uh, I don't, I'm just trying to think. I know I've got a box for, you know, I can't actually remember the last time I've done something like pick up an actual uh, landline phone. It's just, 
you just say the word ahoy hoy telephone and it does everything for you these days. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I expect to uh, be on the other side of the grass before I ever have to uh, commit to any of that stuff. I just, uh, I've kind of drawn a line in the sand here, not to be totally uh, contrary, but I am totally contrary in this conversation, I guess. I don't, I, I don't have any leanings toward that stuff because what I found out about me is I have a tendency to become addicted to technology to the exclusion of reality. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's... So for me, uh, that's why I got, really why I got rid of the, iPhone, there's nothing wrong with it. Poor Monica, she she thought, well, I finally got this old dinosaur to get some of this stuff, and now he could do live uh, video feeds and take some pictures and stuff, and I kind of forgot that I had the thing with me when I had it with me. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and that's how you ended yeah. up being on Yahoo Mail still. Yes, that's exactly right. I don't want to. Yeah, you know, I don't want to learn all the other stuff. I've decided that. I would rather work on my writing craft. And, and let's go back to the, the reason for this call and the podcast and the essential Apple and all that. Uh, the other thing about the Apple Macintosh, and, and people can do all kinds of benchmarking for speed and all that they want, but I do an enormous amount of research online. And I'm much closer to 70 than, well, Anyhow, I'm, I'm approaching that magic age, and my eyes aren't what they once were. By the end of the day of work, I've already enlarged the fonts on my screen a couple times because I don't like wearing reading glasses. I don't even know how to do that on a Windows platform machine. I mean, I know you can do it and so forth, and you can learn some keystrokes, but it's it's intuitive on a Mac, any Mac, any type of a Mac device, those kinds of things, little things. Uh, the speed at which I'm able to download and entertain data, and then I happen to work with the Firefox, current version of Firefox browser, and, of course, I, I go way beyond. I, I press the limits of that program by typically having 12 or 15 tabs open at one time and then everything slows down and, you know, but it still doesn't ever crash. I don't think I have 10 crashes a year. Uh, I'm I'm with you on that one. I had last night was the first time I think I've ever had to hard reset my Mac because for whatever reason uh, I had a video playing and my Bluetooth connection dropped. My keyboard didn't work. My trackpad didn't work. I went and got a spare keyboard, USB, plugged it in, all the lights were on, nobody was home, and I couldn't do anything. And it was, I, I basically thought, nope, I'm not going to reset, I'm going to watch the rest of my movie, and then I'm going to reset it. Because it was just that whole principle of, well, I've, I've never had to do this before. Yeah, yeah. And God bless Windows, the creator's edition today, that when I locked my PC, I went to the bathroom and I came back, it then decided that it was going to do a Windows update. Losing all of my work. Thank you, Microsoft. Oh, God. <sighs> Although, I've got to say, it does seem to be now that, especially on the Mac, you seem to have to do an awful lot of reboots recently for security updates. It's I'm probably counting once a week there or thereabouts. Security update? Yeah. Well, yes. There have been a lot of security updates coming along. I, uh... and, uh, yeah, that's, and it's more the more noticeable because you keep putting it off and putting it off. And the more you put it off, the more it likes to nag you and say, updates could not be installed. Would you like to try now? As if it's like that's that whole passive-aggressive aggr- passive things. Would you like to try that now? 
I kind of like the try me tomorrow option. Yeah. It's always snooze, snooze, snooze. The best button in the world. Uh, Oh, we did do an introduction for Simon, but we've got uh, when your bit's coming up in a bit, isn't it? So, well, I'll tell you what, Simon, we've got that you can take lead on this next story. The The Samsung Galaxy Flaming Notebook slash Phone of Death has come back. The... <laughs> it was going to be named the Galaxy Note F edition, but now it's going to be the Galaxy Note 7 returns as predicted with a slight name change and a smaller battery. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at the people that have actually been affected by Samsung blowing up. Uh, right, Samsung said earlier this year that it will reintroduce a variant of the Galaxy Note 7, which is now called the Galaxy Note Fan Edition, because after how bad it's blown up, you pretty much are going to have to be a fan to uh, to want one. Do you think this is going to yeah. sell, or it's a bit of a bold move? Die-hard Galaxy Note fans out there. I would not. There's no way I would buy one. No way. Well, uh, to start with, I believe they're only launching it in South Korea. Um, And as that's their uh, home territory, obviously, um, I think they might get more sales there than they probably would uh, in the US or the UK. And launching it in South Korea? It, it's being, it's being, yeah, it's being put on sale in South Korea. I don't know if you can, uh, on the internet, I'm not sure, Simon, that you can use the term launch and uh, the Korea in the same sense. <laughs> oh, topical. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah. Blimey, we need to get you back on the show, someone who's actually a bit sharp. <laughs> you're, you're actually going to set a level for us to try to achieve to a, a level of beyond just above mediocrity now oh great yeah all the pressure um well as, as you remember mark some several shows back i think i i said that samsung had said that they would be doing this and originally they talked about uh, sending these reconditioned galaxy note 7s and selling them in quote unquote emerging markets um and I think they got a lot of flack for that because that, that kind of looked a bit like, yeah, if we sell these to poor people and they blow up, nobody will care. Um, <laughs> that that didn't seem to go down too well. So um, they've decided to launch them in their home south of South Korea, obviously. And they say that now they've uh, put a smaller battery in, that the problem will not reoccur. But uh, I have to say they said that the first time. and. Look what happened there. <laughs> um, I shouldn't laugh. It, you know, I believe they're doing this for all the right reasons because they've got three and a half million handsets and going cheap. Well, yeah, but the alternative is what you're going to landfill them. I mean, that's not very nice, is it? Three and a half million handsets. Yeah, but what are they going to do with all the old batteries? I mean, yeah, they're not exactly going to. I would imagine that they just can't sort of rip them out and you know uh, make them all nice again. I mean, the thing, uh, I suppose it must be. Annoying. I don't really know. I mean, I don't really know. The problem seemed to be not so much the, within the battery itself, as I understand it, but the fact that the battery they put in generated too much heat in the size of device they jammed it into, thus causing everything to overheat. Well, I bet you <laughs> any money what we'll find this what we'll find this Christmas is suddenly an influx of hand warmers. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I've, I've no idea what they can do with the batteries. Maybe they can be disassembled or something, or maybe they will have to be disposed of, uh, you know, safely. Are but, you? Uh, do you think they're open to suggestion? <laughs> I've no they, idea, Keith. They could just ship them north of the border, and then those people could launch them somewhere, maybe into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's the way you take down the uh the oppressive regime is by you give them all your dodgy hardware and let them uh... <laughs> exactly yeah yeah this could work <laughs> i think we've done the world a service here i think they need to hire you as a consultant well everybody ought to hire me as a consultant or an emperor or something a grand overlord <laughs> that'll work I really wish you were still making your barbecue sauce. You haven't told me any details about it, but quite frankly, sir, I don't need to know. I just wish you ha- still were still doing it. I'm having someone else do it now. I don't have time for that anymore. Oh, do you see, Grand Overlords, you're too busy, you know, <laughs> overlording. I've got, I've got, I've got minions to do that now. Oh, I can tell you're hard to get past, Mark. Uh, do you like garlic? No, I take that back. How do you feel about garlic? Um, yes. No, 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 no. The word love has to show up in there somewhere. I wouldn't smother it on my body, put it that way, but, but I don't uh, mind uh, ingesting it. Uh, let me see. What was what was Keith's byline? Uh, if you have a recipe that says you <laughs> cloves of garlic and you put in two whole heads because that's all you could find, you then uh, the garlic head might be the source for you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that, that sounds is, awesome. That sounds like the it, sort of thing I'm going to use on date night. It was a fabulous, fabulous uh, red, sticky, barbecue, super garlicky, uh, fabulous, fabulous. And you're, if, you're still, if you're still flogging it off, uh, send us a link and we will put that in the show notes. Because I bet there's, uh, we do, I think we do have quite, well, one or two American listeners slash Canadian listeners that might be interested. Hey, they can, they can order it. And uh, it, I'm pretty sure it'll ship. The people that are handling it now, uh, you know, they struggle like every manufacturing company does, but they, uh, they ship anywhere that they can get the money for it. Uh, by the way, the, the, uh, since you asked, if people were to look, the, the name of the sauce is garlic head, but it's all one word, garlic head. And um, I'm trying not to titter, is, I really am. Is hey, garlic head. So there. <laughs> hey, H E Y, no space, garlic head. You'll have to look. Anyhow. Oh, hey, garlic head. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Sorry. Gotcha. There it is. There it is. Uh, tangy, tasty, tangy, sweet, sour, garlicky, rich, delicious, dark, luscious blend of onions and herbs in a thick tomato space uh, base. That sounds room like temperature, a... Mark, if you open the jar, and I used to do this in demonstrations all the time, if you open the lid of the jar, and it's a wide mouth jar, it's not, you know, it's like a canning jar. It's not one of these little narrow ketchup bottle things that can squirt water out of. Uh, it's so thick that if you upend the jar, it won't come out at room temperature. Oh, yes. And come payday, sir, you can take my money. Because yes, because yes, you do ship to the UK. It's not cheap, but you know what? I just want to have a weird tub of sauce come from America. Uh, you won't regret it. It's a fabulous sauce. You can use it raw as a dip. You can uh, make marinades from it. You can cook it on. It's 
Oh, yes. And there's a hot one. Are you still doing the hot one, Keith? Yeah, there's still the spicy version. And, and uh, people that are real uh, spice people, they say, it, uh, I love to look at their faces. They After they taste it, I'd be reaching for a fire hose. And they look at me and they go, oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I've never I've I've never uh, ventured to the uh, the fiery version because that's not me. I think I'm a bit like you, Keith. Oh, pass me the yeah. pass me four gallons of milk, but uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm sold because there's an actual proper recipe here for pulled pork. Now, before the show, we were discussing <laughs> bacon because Americans don't have proper bacon, and we do. Uh, Monica saw a picture of bacon. Everybody, she thought it was a chop, and then I showed Monica a chop, and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> now, in the UK, we don't have very nice garlic, uh, sorry, pulled pork, and I've just read this. After 12 hours on a slow simmer, your roast pork will be done. That is all I needed to see to want to go and buy it. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel extra good, the fella, let's see, do I have this right? No, I, I, that, was a, that was a woman that came up with that one. Uh, <laughs> I love, can I just interrupt because I've just seen the yeah, best yeah. line on any website. Do not. I repeat, do not feed this to your dogs. As tempting as it would seem for your doggies to have this treat, onions can make your dog quite anemic and kill them, please. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) You know what? After that, there's only one thing we can do, and that's going to Nemo's hardware. So, yeah, (laughs) we'll be back in three minutes. Cheerio. The hardware store is back in business after that commando visit to the Amazon retail store in San Diego. But we have a great product we've been using. It's called the One More Triple Driver Lightning In-Ear Headphones. It's USA.OneMore.com. These are $150 USA price in-ear headphones, premium quality, extremely comfortable. They come with a bunch of different foam and silicone tips. They are lightning in-ear headphones. So regardless of which version of iPhone you have, including the 7, you can plug the tip right into your lightning port. You don't need an adapter or a headphone jack or anything like that. It goes right in. It means they can have a DAC, which is a digital analog converter, to improve the integrity of the sound. They're extremely well built. You can use them in your ears for hours. They're that comfortable. They have pretty decent ambient passive noise isolation, and the sound is good to very good with a deep bass that doesn't boom or hollow out, totally neutral mid-range, and the treble that falls off a little bit below the highest end. So if you're a nut on piercing treble, you'll have to equalize it or somehow boost the highest high end of the treble. But the entire sound is pleasing and gentle on the ears. I listened for a long time when I was writing my review, which will appear in my Mac about the time that this podcast is posted this week. The single best thing about them is a five-in-one controller. It's a micro joystick that is positioned right where the right and left ears join the main cable that goes into the lightning port. So you can advance or go backwards on your tracks and make it louder or softer, play and pause. Everything you need to do, you can do on that little tiny, tiny little silver button 5-in-1 controller. I thought it was going to be awkward. I thought I wasn't going to care for it. I love it. 
it really sets the mark very high. And between the lightning connectivity and the pure sound and the 5-in-1 controller, these headphones from One More, that's the number one, M-O-R-E, are worth considering if you like having your audio be versatile and flexible and comfortable in your ears. So check out the links that we'll have on our website for this show. And I've been using One More products ever since they came out, and they are definitely my favorite in-ear headphones. So once again, for $150 in the U.S., they're called the One More Triple Driver Lightning In-Ear Headphones. They're silver and black, and they are darn good. Back next week. Thank you, John, once again for another Nemo's Hardware Store. You can find more of John and indeed my Mac stuff on mymac.com website. That was the worst comeback I've ever done. You can tell I've been out of this for a few weeks. And of course, and I've said it once before, we've got our Amazon affiliate link. Now, a big, special, huge, huge thank out to our lovely, lovely people on Patreon who make a small, small donation. And it is small, but it's very, very much appreciated because everything goes back back into the running of the show the servers the hosting for the uh, for the audio and all the other bits and bobs that we have to look after and of course if you don't want to donate if you're thinking oh yeah i can't be bothered to go to patreon then just if you get a chance use our amazon affiliate link and we'll get a very very small kickback on whatever you buy so you might go and buy one of the books that we've been uh, from um from oh blimey from keith i forgot your name then i've been speaking to you for the last hour <laughs> you are selling on amazon before i try and loosely tie yes, this but yes he's definitely yeah. on amazon so yep. if you fancy a historical fiction novel set in the american civil war world war civil world war oh this is just going from bad to worse <laughs> We've got an Amazon link. Click it. We get money, and it doesn't cost you anything. There, right? Well, uh, right. So, Monica, you alluded to the fact that you were going to try uh, Google Docs. Sorry, Quip over Google Docs. Have you? Are you a Skype user, or are you a now a converted Wire user? I've used Skype, but I really have enjoyed the Wire. I think it's it's been easier to navigate and. And I was planning on incorporating that into my book cover design business. I thought that might be a good way to work with my clients. So, yeah, definitely. You do know you're a designer and I need stuff designing and I'm resisting the urge to like say, oh, could you just? Because I know. <laughs> and I'll tell you, what, I'll, I'll do it and I'll give you exposure because we all love that line. <laughs> we can talk. Well, yeah. There's a, there's another good reason to uh, consider Wire over Skype, isn't there, people? Because Skype has uh, just released an update, and oh, yeah. it's been branded the worst ever. And I told you before, didn't I? I said it sounded dreadful, Mark. Yeah. Guess what? It's it, here, and people don't like it. It's <laughs> it's like a corporate company trying to be young and hip and funky, and it's like, oh, th- this is a good idea. No, is, it's is not anyone... a good idea. Is anyone actually let their Skype update to put this? I'm just having a look yes, at it now. It just... Well, I've got it. It's dreadful. It, it because I have my phone set to auto update. Um, my, I, I mean, I don't use Skype very much now. Uh, I used to use it a lot more, but um, it updated and it's all in sort of blurry colours and oh, you know, do they you want stickers? Try to make and... it sta- Snapchat. It's sort of, it's it's been like a response to. 
I'm not a fan of the whole stickery things and iMessage and stuff like that, but I get it. You know, it's Apple's little way of saying, you know, we can be a bit funky like Facebook Messenger and your Snapchat and your kick. And if you want to send naked pictures to people with a little star over them, you can do because that's what the youth of the day does. <laughs> but Skype just, it, I, it, I, I just, I can't, I can't articulate it. It's just sort of. Skype should like, be better than that. That I, yes. I think it demands it on a more professional level, and and I just can't put them on the same level as say Snapchat, which my kids love to play with. I, I just yeah, I don't get it. No, and, and what, uh, you know, <laughs> what do we like about Wire? It does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? And nothing else. Most weekends it does before we start podcasting. It's the odd, the odd weekend where the the gods of Wire just doesn't work. And I don't know about you guys, but. Why just seems to work? This isn't a plug for Wire, by the way, but we've used it and I've been browsing the net. I've been uh, doing another upload in the background, sharing a few files with Simon and the fan hasn't kicked off once and I haven't dropped a single bit of audio. Unlike Skype, which just seems automatically programmed. Oh, you're running Skype, right? I'm just going to turn your fans up to 100% and massacre your CPU. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow That's, and the worst thing is again coming back to microsoft uh i got i was unlucky enough to let the 1703 windows 10 creators update and that installed skype for business which i didn't ask for so now they've got this skype for kids under the age of four and then they've got skype for uh <laughs> skype for those people who can't quite give up on the fact of msn chat <laughs> <laughs> There's a target reference for the older people in the uh, in the in the world. There. No, thank uh, you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I don't want to be sexist. Maybe I was talking about Monica. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. I'm a. I will ridicule everyone on an equal opportunities basis. I mean, after all, I'm ginger, so I've got no room to speak whatsoever. Well, that's a. Somebody did mention that you live in Wales. <laughs> I was going to make a joke then about the... Uh, no, won't do it. I'm not going to lower myself. <laughs> so, speaking of new new shiny things, now, we're, I think we're all in a bit of a group here. Um, I think Monica might be the most technologically advanced here with the age of kit. I mean, how old is your MacBook Pro there, Monica? Oh, goodness. I'd say it's about four years old, and my iMac is uh, two years old. Yeah, you win. Uh, unless um, <laughs> unless Keith can beat you on that one. What's your newest bit of tech there, Keith? Uh, well, the iMac that I'm working on was built in 2009. <sighs> oh, you might just get pipped by Simon. What's your... Well, no, you're on an iPhone 7, but how old yeah. is your, desk, your laptop? Uh, 2012. Uh, ah. Look at all you lot with your posh hoity-toity hardware. Early 2009 iMac. <laughs> 2009, uh, there I am. Yeah, see, we, we appreciate it's like a good wine. You've got to let it have a good vintage and then get and then it gets slightly bitter because you can't do all the posh new things on it, like unlock it with your <laughs> Apple Watch. <laughs> Although I've just, they just keep on going. Uh, exactly. I'm 
actually going to sell my 2009 uh, MacBook because the keyboard doesn't work and the battery is dead. I'm thinking, well, if someone can pick it up and I get about $150 towards a new iPad, I'm going to give that a go. Don't worry, Simon. I haven't forgotten about the, the beta chat. We'll come up to that in a bit. Uh, but the reason for all this is that there's been some interesting speculation by Gruber over at Daring Fireball. Uh, and he's posting that maybe, just maybe, they need a luxury level phone because they can't manufacture devices in such for, uh, such sufficient numbers to become a regular phone. So what's what's your take on that, Simon? Give us a bit more background uh, to this one. Well, obviously, um, John Gruber, uh, you know, he's it, fairly tight with Apple, I know. Um, and occasionally I think he's... A sort of a conduit for information but uh he's he's saying that this one is just uh something that he was thinking about um and that is what he's saying is that the iphone now needs to ship in in quantities that approximate a million a day um and Therefore, if you want to have uh, a shiny new super iPhone with lots of lovely new technology, you, you could only make that the backbone model if you could uh, get the components at, at that kind of rate. Um, and what he's positing, really, is that if you're going to make a fabulous new phone with super OLED and face-reading lasers and... <laughs> you know they work uh, though those face reading lasers are brilliant because it just it's great because i get to squint at my screen and try and make funny pictures at it to see if it won't recognize me it even record i sat down today and i had a bacon sandwich a proper bacon sandwich not none of that stupid american bacon stuff <laughs> with with proper brain sauce by the way just to throw that one across the one with uh with a, with a proper cup of tea now because I know that I know some people over there will actually. Apparently, this is sorry to go off topic, Simon. Apparently, I'm a bit concerned. And I have to raise this: is that some people are putting the milk in first before the tea bag, and, and that's why yeah. the world is in such a state of disarray. Anyway, um, <laughs> the actual face recognition on a on the Windows 10 with the right camera is amazing. It really, really is. Well, or maybe I'm just a little bit sad and lonely. I'm just wanting to be recognised by anything, even if it is just a computer. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Simon, it, carry on. Yeah, so uh, backtracking to John Gruber, uh, what he's suggesting is that in order to build and sell of this wonderful unicorn device, um, that in order to incorporate all these fabulous new technologies, which probably cannot be ramped up to a million components a day, uh, that the, the best way would be to create a luxury level edition phone uh, and to jack the price up uh, following the laws of supply and demand so that you suppress the demand by charging a lot of money, uh, but are still able to produce the phone in sufficient numbers to match the demand. Um because it's going to be a thing, isn't there, that if Apple can't, if the new iPhone is going to be absolutely gangbusters, then Apple are going to get it in the neck because, oh, they failed to meet demand. But won't it sort of, uh, you know, you've got all these quarters where Apple see a dip because they couldn't meet demand. Will that not just carry on that trend? So they're going to sell a set amount, but for longer? 
Does that make sense? I, I think what what John Gruber is is saying is that if you can't ramp up production of components to make that device your backbone device, in a, you know, you can't ship 60, 70, 80, 90 million units in a quarter, then you still want to produce that device. But if you're only going to be able to manufacture, I don't know, let's say 10 million of those, what you need to do is have a, a backbone device, you know, your 7S, your 7 Plus S, based mostly on the technology that you're using now and you know you can source the component. Yeah. And you you produce a quote-unquote high-end or special luxury edition, call it what you like. Um, and because you can only produce 10 million of those a quarter, they're going to be in super high demand, so you can charge super high money. I mean, you've you've got an iPhone seven now. Is there any? I know we shouldn't really base it on rumors. Is there any part of you that's already chomping at the bit to think, you know, what this is going to be an upgrade? Uh, well, actually, we don't really know that much. Are you likely to upgrade, or are you going to nope. just stick with the seven for as long as it I, is? Uh, I I have a two year contract, Mark. So I effectively pay for my phone over the course of two years. And well, at the end of that, I I trade. So I I have all the I have all the new numbers. So I had the iPhone, uh, the three, the four, the five. Yeah, the six, you're you're doing and the big the jumps. I would and put this question to Keith, but I've got a feeling that Keith quite likes a uh, a phone that's got big buttons on it. <laughs> yeah, I do actually. I was really disappointed, Mark, when I sold my iPhone, I planned on getting one that's so big, it'd be like carrying around the old, well, I don't know, any of you, well, yeah, Simon would know, some people would know, you know, the old wall phone that used to, the phone would ring, you'd have to walk over to it, obviously, and pick it up, and well, <laughs> yeah, like you know, you joke, but I guarantee there is a generation now that would, that would look at a what thing with a cord on the wall and go, but is this where the internet lives? Yeah, they wouldn't know what it is, but but they anyhow in in one of the magazines I subscribe to this for us older retired folks, uh, they were advertising a flip phone and I think it was made by Razor or one of those companies that was so big. I mean, you could read, you could see the screen, you could hit the buttons even with old fat sloppy fingers and all kinds of stuff. Wonderful, but then uh, Verizon is is our. Uh, phone service provider here and uh they said nope we don't support that well, what do you mean you don't support it well you go ahead and buy one but we're not going to set it up with our system i said okay yeah thanks guys for that yeah cheers here's a phone that i want and once again oh the corporate covers what phone have you got there monica Are you, what's your I, iphone i have an iphone 7 plus i couldn't resist uh, I, of course you're a designer <laughs> so, you know, I don't spend a lot of money on clothes. I don't, I, I hate shopping, but I do admit that when it comes to technology, I, I go big and I, I try to restrain myself and I would love to get the new phone whenever it comes out, but I know I won't because I've got the kids and um, I also am on that two year plan where I pay, pay it off as I go. So I'll just be drooling over everyone else's phone and have to wait for the next round. Is there, we don't, we, well, we try not to do rumors on this show, but are there any features of the, the alleged new iPhone with its alleged new this, that, and the other? Is there any rumor that's got you 
tantalised and thinking, oh, maybe I could sort of find the pennies from somewhere. Has there been any sort of leak that sort of made you really want it? Well, I, I guess with every phone, the camera gets better and better. And I'm partial to cameras because my actual major in college was photojournalism. But I don't do anything with that anymore. I don't even have any camera besides my iPhone. And so I rely on that. But the cameras are so good. Why would I get anything else? So that that would be the only thing that would really, if the camera was significantly better or did something really cool, then I might jump ship. I don't know. So just to just carry on, I don't know where I'm going now. Hang on. See, this is one of those shows where I should have been drinking. That's when it gets really interesting. What was the what phone did you have before the seven plus then, and how did you notice uh, uh, when they released this deep trench isolation for colours? Did you notice the pictures were significantly better, or was it? In, did you have a little bit of buyer's remorse because it was well, it's better, but it's not that much better. Well, I had the, the five before, and I love the new portrait feature they have with the depth effect that has just been amazing because you can make it look like a a really a professional photo blurring the background with very little effort I use that in a lot of my pictures so that in itself was a huge upgrade for me I I will admit when I went from the I did have a seven and I own open quotes downgraded to the 6s and I sort of thought if I could have kept the seven, I would have done, but I'm I'm just too lazy to deal with 32 gig. I need to sprawl. I need to run free and have a big meadow to play in and not just be consigned to 32 <laughs> gigs of data. So you're a horse. <laughs> Fro- I, I like to frolic. Horses frolic a lot. I just couldn't do it. And I was speaking to Carl from the Mac and Forbes show and it's like, I just can't live with 32, uh, 32 gigs. Says, oh, you can if you do this, that. And, yeah. and I was like, I'm too lazy. I don't want to keep deleting things and have no. to manage my podcast. It's you know, it's like everything, isn't it? If you, get, if you drive a small car, you fill up your small car with loads of junk. Well, if you're like me, you do. You get a state, a state car or I don't know what you'd call it over there, or a ute. Station wagon. Ah, station wagon. Then, mm. you know, you fill up more and more stuff with that. And if you're in Canada, you just get another husky. <laughs> Sorry, I, I know I'm running out of the stereotypical jokes. No, 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 you're okay, because I'll tell you something. A lot of those Canadian huskies are trained right here in Montana in the valley just east of me. Are they really? They really I have no idea. Yeah. Well, they, I have a husky, and I think he knows this. He's part husky, and I swear he runs off every chance he gets. I'm going to lose him one of these days. I need some of your husky trainers to train train mine. Well, they train him for the Iditarod and other things, but hey, you know, send him out. He's going to be on the first plane. All right. Only on the essential uh, apple show yeah. would we be talking about dog training. Strange, strange as it might seem, uh, Suffolk is apparently quite a big place for uh, husky racing. They do really? a lot of husk. Yeah, they do look quite a lot of husky racing um, in Thetford Forest, which is not very far from here at all. Obviously, they don't. Uh, they have to have wheeled sleds because obviously we don't have any snow. But uh, <laughs> we'll send you some. Hot, 
<laughs> they do husky running in uh, in Thetford Forest, which is not far from here, and, and apparently a, a, quite popular. A little bit of a post production note there, Simon. Here is when you where you want to insert that the more you know sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, I got to ask you: Is that anywhere near Midsummer? <laughs> well, is it Midsummer Norton? Midsummer Murders? <laughs> Midsummer Murders, the, the uh, mythical county of Midsummer. We have a lot of counties on TV where there just seems to be death after death after death. It's like, oh, well, but that's that's the cheery groups. sort of. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderful. We love it. Yeah, but, uh, you don't want to go to Oxford either. No, gosh, no. But as bad <laughs> as all that is, it's still way more entertaining than keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, that I don't mean to tempt the fates but um i have yet to actually ever even see the kardashians on anything i don't watch televised news at all not nothing you're saying they could well i suppose the kardashians are news because they're never blinking out of the news <laughs> there you go i don't actually know how i ended up watching it it's like when you watch qvc and they do christmas in july it's like, I don't want to see that, but I just strangely tune in just to see what's on. I need to get out. I need to take a page out of your Keith book and just turn the telly off and go outside. <laughs> it is a better way to live, particularly if you've got a good dark porter ale. Oh, oh see, we're going to get onto ales. This is where we need nibs from our slack room to come on the show. <laughs> uh, oh, and talk, talk about proper job. Oh, we seem to have a bit of a, a thing on a Friday night in the chat room. It's like, who's drinking what beer and who's the drunkest? And that's normally me. <laughs> I, refer, I refer my back to my own comment. I need to get out a bit more. But speaking of people who are going to get out more, well, the people at Imagination Technologies might find themselves with a little bit more gardening time because the uh, the chip maker who used to supply Apple with their GPUs is now up for sale. And, I, and in a strange twist of fate, Apple have, might be putting in a bid for them. So the UK chip designer, Imagination Technology, which is in dispute with Apple, its largest customer, has put itself up for sale. Now, earlier on this year, Apple announced that it was going to think about making its own chips, although Apple apparently told Imagination Technologies two years ago that this was going to happen. So imagine this, you've got a business, you're riding high on the crest of a wave with Apple and your share price goes from uh, 158p here in the UK down to, well, at the end of trading today, 144 and that's after it's pulled itself back up. Uh, they're Basically, their share price halved. But now it seems that they're putting themselves up for sale and they've had several suitors. Now, do we think that Apple are playing a bit of a hardball game here to say, well, we're just going to kill your company and then buy you? Or are Imagination going to come out on the other end of this? Because they, let's say, for example, they get bought by Samsung. Apple managed to release a GPU if I was there, I'd be going, you know what? Release Apple because we're just going to sue you because you're going to infringe on so many trademarks. Mm-hmm. Simon? Uh, it, it, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because Apple obviously needed imagination to to supply them with GPUs. Um, well, that's then... the thing. They, need, they needed them now, but 
Well, I mean, they uh, needed. They must have needed them then. But you know, apparently, two years ago, they told Imagination that they were going to be either downscaling or or dropping them. But um, would you would you be surprised that I mean, if you look at what they've done making their own chips, and let's face it, you know, Apple have only really started making um, CPUs in the grand scheme of things in the last couple of years, if you look at how far they ramped up, you know, they, they basically killed Atom stone dead in terms of performance, memory management, uh, battery life, completely. You know. And this is from a company that basically, like I said, really, in, in the long grand scheme of things, have only just started on this. So would you really be that surprised that they could make their own GPU? No, not at all. Um, and I think the the problem, and I, I do sometimes sympathise with these these companies like Imagination or the, uh, what was it, the the Texan company who were going to make Sapphire Glass. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they, they if you got approached by Apple and asked to manufacture, in this case, GPUs, you know, we need 10 million G, G, uh, GPUs a month. It, you're between the devil and the deep blue sea, aren't you? Because if you turn it down, your shareholders are going to have your head, uh, you know, on, on the grounds that we you fall, we could all be rich by Christmas. But if you take it, you are then effectively putting yourself in a position where you, you're beholden to to Apple because you've got all your eggs in one basket and, and they now constitute, I don't know, let's say, 80, 90% of your revenue. Um, and that puts you in a very vulnerable position, doesn't it? Just ever so slightly. And just on the whole sort of the performance thing, Keith, I know you said you stepped back from, you know, being wanting to be up with the Joneses and, you know, cutting yourself off from technology in a in a in a sensible way do you ever watch the the mac key the apple keynotes to see what's going on um can't say that i do no oh right that completely ruins my next line of questioning so i'm going to ignore you go straight over to um your colleague what about yourself monica do you do you watch them oh dear no i i i had to admit my oh. Feed is so full of self-publishing and design information that, yeah, that hasn't entered my realm. But I'd like to hear about it. Well, no, no, well, the, the, I was asking because the reason I was asking you two is because you're not so entrenched in the world of knowing about the intricacies of, you know, uh, CPU cycles. You know, you're the actual users. Mm-hmm. What I was, what I was going to ask you is when you see the little charts from Apple to say this is how much faster it is from a person who's not bogged down with all the technical stuff. Would it impress, do those sort of things impress you when they say it's five times faster or do you still wear a bit of a cynical hat to say, well, really? <laughs> I mean, Keith, you said you're a salesman, so you know, you've got to be the ultimate in, in, uh, in, in cynicalism. Well, I did say I'm working on a 2009 iMac. That's not because I can't afford a newer model. It's because, I tend to, well, I also drive a 1998 Subaru. And you actually okay. said Subaru properly, not Su- Subaru. Oh, you could, I'll try that. Subaru. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I say it like this. I tend to work with things that work. Once they've proven to me they work, I till you, till you change course, we're good, you know. Whereas I always want it faster and better. So <laughs> Kids these days. Slightly different outlook there. <laughs> 
Uh, let's have a look here. Right. Um, how long have we been going for? An hour and 18. I think we've got time for... Yeah, let's do... Are, are you guys all right to do one more story or have you got all lifey type things to do? That's fine. I'm fine too. Well, I'll tell you what, Mark. Before we uh, do another story, how about we just take a moment out and have a cutie melon moment? <laughs> That'll work. I will be talking about Amazon Echo, Google Home and Apple HomePod. So let's have a look at when Amazon Echo was released. Amazon Echo was released in the US on June 23rd, 2015 and was released in the UK on September 28th, 2016 and then was released in Germany on October 26th, 2016. These Amazon Echoes go for $179 in the US, £149 in the UK, and $179, no, Euros in Germany. This operates on Fire OS, it's voice controlled, so you say Alexa, and you go, Alexa, turn on my summer playlist, and it'll play your summer playlist. And this is connected by Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Or Bluetooth, sorry. Now, the Google Home was released in the US in November 2016 and was released in the UK in April of 2017, followed by it being released in Australia, Canada, France, Germany and Japan in summer of 2017, which is pretty much the same order as Amazon Echo. But then again... I guess that's just places which big companies battle. And this is voice commanded. So if you go, hey, Google, play my song playlist or hey, Google, what's 300 times six? I'm pretty sure it will tell you the answer. So it's kind of like the Amazon Echo. And this comes in white and I think that's it. Um, This is connected by Wi-Fi. Now, if you go into the HomePod, this is due to be released in December in America, UK and Australia. And I don't really know why it's so expensive, because this is the most expensive on the list. This is $349. That's crazy. And as we know, Siri will be able to do music, news, translation, stocks, Unit conversation, messages, general knowledge, weather, reminders, podcasts, traffic and sports, alarms and time, timers and home. So what it means by home is, well, home. Turn on my radiator or turn on my light or turn on the kettle, basically. It's pretty simple. If we have a look at the, well, prices again... Amazon Echo is worth $149, £149 in, America, in the UK. And Google Home is worth £129. And Apple HomePod is going to be worth $349. So that's pretty insane. But why does it need to be that expensive? Is it the materials? Is it the shipping? Who knows? Honestly. 
Apple claimed to put some highly expensive software inside of the HomePod. And I do hope that's true because I hope the price is worth it. That's all I have time for today. And I will see you next week. Goodbye, guys. Thank you, Ruth, for that little report. And uh, Ruth can be found on YouTube under the username Cutie Melon, and I'm sure she'll be giving us more reports in the future. Okay, so after that report from Cutie Melon, I suppose we should get back to it. And uh, I guess what we ought to mention is four people got arrested um, over one of these Microsoft scam calling rings. And uh, I think everybody would be really rather glad to hear that, that somebody's going to hopefully be found guilty and punished. Did anybody see the YouTube video where uh, this company were called, this company called a programmer slash hacker to say, you have a fine to pay. If you don't pay now, you'll go to court. And he spent about 15 minutes on the phone with them and worked out who they were and where they, where they were and what they did. And then he did the best thing in the world. He set up an auto dialer to call them back to play a message to say, hi, this is an auto dialer. I'm calling you so you can't call out. Uh, and it was basically like a 30 second message. But every time they hung up, it redialed and it redialed and it redialed. So basically he did a botnet attack on the scammers. And it's a brilliant little YouTube video because you hear them get more and more irate. And it's just, oh, it's like power to the people. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Right, yeah. uh, just coming back to site, I keep derailing all the stories. Sorry, uh, four people have been arrested in the UK following an investigation into scams involving calls from fraudsters pretending to be IT support staff. I love them because they say, "Oh, it's so and so from Microsoft." Oh, brilliant! And I can actually have a chat with them. It follows two years of work by the City of London Police and Microsoft who teamed up to tackle the problem. The perpetrators commonly pretend to be phoning on behalf of the US company. The inquiry indicated that many of the calls originated in India, but two men and two women in England have been accused of involvement. Uh, it does actually say there were... Th there were 34,504 computer software service fraud reports made to the UK's National Fraud and Cyber Reporting Centre. Uh, it doesn't actually say what they were doing or how they were scamming people or what or any sort of details to say uh, this is what well, they were You don't want to tell anybody else how to do it, do you? Uh, he asked for You've a got enough of them doing it. You don't want to be telling any other little oiks how to do it. <laughs> Uh, he asked me for remote access to my computer and connected in. Well, yeah, that's like saying, oh, I'm going to knock on your door. Give me a tenner. <laughs> that's effectively what it adds up to, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's a kind of money with menaces slash, but, you know, they come in under the radar. And, and, and this is why you should always <laughs> use something like 1Password. Don't use 1Password. Use 1Password. It has been a <laughs> lifesaver for me and apps but you know i mean they 
they target vulnerable people, don't they, Mark? They they phone pensioners and the technically not particularly savvy, maybe, and and say, "Hello, I'm from Microsoft, and you have a problem on your computer, and just let me help you out." You know. Uh, yeah, but aren't people cynical enough to think, "Oh, a big company is calling to help me"? When does that ever happen? It's like, yeah, well, a multi-million-billion-pound corporation is going to call you up and be friendly. I mean. I might sound a bit like, you know, I've got my cynical hat on here, but it's like saying a bank calling up saying, oh, you know what, Mr. Chapel, you're just about to go into your overdraft. So what I've done for you is I've just up your overdraft so you don't have to pay any fees. You know, you would be surprised. Uh, my my grandpa, he he got he started getting phone calls from the Australian lottery and they told him that he won and he just needed to send a one time payment. Um, to such and such place so that they could send him his winnings. And he, he, I can't tell you how much he sent thousands and thousands of dollars because they would always come back with, oh, we need one more thing. Oh, we need one more thing. Ooh, yeah. And even though we told him that it was a fraud, the post office told him it was a fraud, the police told him it was a fraud, he didn't believe us. And that's fairly common. Wow. Yeah, it's, well, I suppose the, the best lie is the most believable, isn't it? It's the most plausible mm-hmm. sounding. Yes. Just like I can say, we've got lots of listeners. Did, did that sound? Yeah. We'll do one more link. And this might actually be uh, interesting of interest to you, Monica. One of our beloved people uh, in our Slack chat room, which if you want an invite to our Slack chat room, just get in touch with us via at Ocean Speed, at Central Apple, or at Saranac. Is that right? So it's been a few weeks. Yep. yep. Uh, if you want to get an access, um, the Glyph, which is a handy dandy. I don't know, was it a camera holder? I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Well, it's a it's a it's a smartphone holder and a tripod. Um, the the original was designed for the iPhone four, but as Mac Jim points out, this new model uh, now accepts any phone with or without a case. Um, so it's you've probably seen those cheap selfie sticks, Mark, that uh-huh. are just basically a sort of a, a sprung. Um, grip it's a because it, people it's like have that, no common sense better. of walking in a straight line anywhere anyways and now they think oh you- basically this is a universal phone holder uh, with a proper tripod mount and it comes with the tripod uh, and it's called the glyph and and the review is up uh the review by mac jim is up at essential apple i know we actually have a review on our site and i do in fact i do need to make an apology to mac jim uh i put out a call in the slack chat room to say if anybody wants to do a story uh if it wants to do a review get it in touch we'll put it on the website and mac jim did he sent it to me ages ago and are you an apology good sir for not getting it up on the website so please don't think it's not been appreciated it's been one of those things in the back of my head to go i must get this done i must get this done uh and i can tell that simon's had his handiwork on posting the review because the actual images look quite nice and quite cropped and well defined and actually laid out properly so it was was worth the wait to let simon do it instead of me so go and check <laughs> it out on the essentialapple.com website uh right then i think We've got a show. So thank you very much to our guests for coming on. Uh, Monica, plug yourself. 
Here is your chance to shill yourself senseless, to pimp yourself bigger than you could pimp a car. How can people find you? What? Where can they buy your wares from? They want to get in touch with you. How can they do so? Oh, I'd love to pimp myself. The My website is thethatchery.com. That's T-H-E-T-H-A-T-C-H-E-R-Y. And I do book cover and website design. So if you have any needs, please feel free to contact me at info at the thatchery.com. And um, if you're an author and you have any questions, um, feel free to contact me as well. Excellent. I've just had a look on your site and you actually have a decent looking Squarespace site. And I know every podcast goes on about Squarespace makes it, it makes it simple. It, they do, but you've still got to have a little bit of design sense and a design sensibility. Yeah. In in my in my view, uh, of yeah, you've got the tools, but it's like just because you've got the tools doesn't mean you can actually make a website look good. In there. and I'm not just saying this because you're a guest on on the website. Um, yeah, it's uh, you've got some good little bits and bobs on there, Keith. What about your good self? If people want to get a hold of you, where can they get your books from? Where's your website? Do you have a Twitter, social media? Go for it. My my uh, thing would be to say there's an excellent, excellent website. It even talks a little bit about me that was done by Monica. It's at Keith, K-E-I-T-H, R, Baker, B-A-K-E-R, no spaces, dot com. And that way you can also see some more of Monica's work. I would say that we work together on that, but she 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 works so well, so independently, and she knows what to do. She figures out what you like once you get to know her. That website is hers. So. I do like the title, The Beginner's Guide to Your First Handgun. <laughs> you don't need oh, that, a bigger strap the only one. Fiction book I've published so far, and you can see here that uh, I've just had a look. Yep, you can get these books on Amazon in Kindle and paperback. Uh, as well because you you guys are on the old uh, on the amazon as well so we'll get the links up there in the show notes as well for you thank you very thank you very much for coming on the show um for the second time uh, <laughs> i'm sure simon won't mind me saying this there was a there was a previous outtake oh no um actually We've got feedback, uh, but we'll push that into the next show. Uh, yeah, this is the second recording of the show because we would, would anyone believe us if we actually said we had a few technical issues the other day? Us? <laughs> nah. So <laughs> uh, I guess thank you very, very much for giving up your time where you are in the world coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. And if you're ever bored and feel at a loose end or maybe you've given up any hope of trying to uh, be productive, feel free to come on the show. Um, <laughs> and of course, we've had Simon on and oh, yeah, Simon's just made me feel really bad. He's just crossed out the bit in the show notes about where he was going to talk about his beaters. But I think we'll save that <laughs> for next week. I think we might have to save that for another time, uh, don't you? Again, Simon, thank you very much for stepping in for me and arranging all the guests and arranging the fine two guests we've had today. If they want to get a hold of you, good sir, how can they do so? Uh, well, the best way to find me is on the Twitter, and I am at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. And of course, if you want to follow me, I'm at Essential Apple. If you want to follow the things on the website, if you want to see what I'm up to, just generally in the world of cycling and trying not to be so completely useless at cycling, you get me on uh, at, uh, oh, blind me. Ocean Speed. That's the one. Um, yeah, we've got a thank website. God for, thank God for editing. 
Yeah, we, we've got a website. We've got a Facebook thing and all the other stuff of it. And uh, until next time, hope you've enjoyed the show. And uh, yeah, we'll be back again soon. Cheerio, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. you got to love it when someone nervously laughs at the end to say, thank God it's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's one hour, 30 minutes of podcasting genius. <laughs> Well, you oh. might like to think that. I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, I... You don't bump into that every day either. <laughs> and of course, after all that hilarity, let me just remind you that, of course, our podcast is just one of many on the MyMac.com podcasting network, where you can find such shows as the MyMac Show with Guy and Gaz, the Tech Fan Podcast with Tim and David, Nintendo Club Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Geekiest Show Ever, Bart Shots Let Talk Podcast, and many more. Amazon, Google, Apple, Android, iOS, Alexa, Siri, Technology, Sci-Fi, Video Games, Tablets, Computers, Flash Drives, Toys, weather, and general silliness. Geekiest show ever, every week on the MyMac Podcasting Network.